Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Other horn, let's go. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a so place to play football. Everything with an attitude. Got a yes. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Dominate the fucking play against and make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. End zone. This is a mauling, folks. A mauling. Hear the tide, honey badger. I- Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, powered by Bama Hammer. Tom, last week it felt like we predicted this pretty well. I think we even said, near quoting, this game was an opportunity for the Tide to win 38-10 to while looking bad and that Saban would be a live wire after the game. You said the opponent would score a late touchdown, so if you take them together, that's your 38-10. to do we really even need to do a show? Man, we we, we can do one, but um, there there wasn't a whole lot to talk about in this game. I think I think there's definitely some interesting things to to talk about in regard to the quarterback situation because I don't think there's a quarterback uh, competition that that they're letting happen. Um, but as far as the game itself, uh, I know it was hot as hell out there for you, and uh, it was probably is probably good this game got got finished closer to three hours. Yeah, you know, I was sitting in the in in the sun, and uh, you know, had the raccoon eyes after uh, wearing wearing my glasses all day, and it was sunglasses, and it was definitely a definitely a hot day. Uh, a little heat on the sideline too. We'll probably talk about that a little bit, but uh, let's jump right into the offense. And you mentioned the quarterback uh, situation. Everyone is starting and and ending their conversation there. But why don't we? Why don't you kick us off with quarterback, and then we'll touch a couple other bases on offense. No, absolutely. I just um, I was a little disappointed uh, at the uh, at the amount of play uh, that was given or the distribution of play between the quarterbacks. Um, I think Blake Barnett came in um, at about eight minutes left in the second quarter, uh, so he only played about a half of a quarter. And then Saban was asked going into the locker room. You know, he said that both quarterbacks would play in the second half and we'd probably go back to Jalen Hurts to start. And, you know, we said a week ago, let these guys battle out and see how it turns out. Um, I think they've made up their mind. I think it was lip service. Um, I think purely by the way they played one quarterback over the other, uh, they've made up their mind and they should have just been more honest with us a week ago. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think there's a little bit there's a little bit of gamesmanship with your opponent, and there's a little bit of sort of 
I would call it roster management gamesmanship. I mean, we saw this, and again, this goes back to McCarron and and uh, and and you know what the Star Kid, where let's let's sort of manufacture an opportunity for this to be a competition when it's really not a competition. And part of it is, you know, we don't want someone to leave. And, uh, you know, we kind of want to manage our roster in that perspective because there is the reality. And, look, this is not just blowing anybody's skirt. There is a reality that the backup quarterback's one play away from playing. And that one play may never happen, or that may be the very next play. And so you just don't know. And that's, you know, so you don't want the backup guy to not feel like it's a competition all the way to the point that it's not. And you don't want them to become disenchanted and, and, and sort of check out. We've seen that with with other teams and other high profile uh, high uh, profile quarterbacks, and so I think there's a little bit of sort of coddling, if you will, that is part of the quarterback situation today. That that you and I are both probably old enough that that annoys us, but it's a reality of the situation. That's 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 really what I file that under. I think moving forward, and then you tell me if you agree with this or not. I think it's pretty clear Jalen's the guy, and so he's going to be the guy. Blake will probably get some snaps here and there, but uh, I think Jalen's the guy moving forward. Do you disagree, or do you think there's still going to be some shuffling? Oh, no. I I, I think Jalen is the guy. Um, I just don't agree with that there's been a true quarterback competition. And so that that is um, – you know, that that's just how kind of how I fall on that, uh, what side I fall on of that discussion is I think you, that you have to agree that they've competed in practice though. I mean, there's, Oh, sure. sure. You know, it's, it's like Stalin's used to say, you know, even the most sort of intelligent sort of fan that's kind of keeping up with it, you know, probably understands about 10% of what's going on. And so you and I are trying to be at that 11%, right? And oh, absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot that we don't know. And so I don't want to say that it, I don't want to just categorically say there has been no competition, because I don't believe that. I just think the coaches have made their mind up, and 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 they made their mind up well before the the USC game. I just think it was how do we massage this and matriculate this kind of through the the process so that we can do our gamesmanship and we can not feel like we're putting the weight of everything on a true freshman. No, that's fair. What I'm saying is, and obviously there's been practices, obviously there's been scrimmages, but this is this is live game situations. And in the first game, when they were killing a team that didn't show up, they should have played them more equally. In this game that was going to be a inferior opponent, they should have played them more equally. Um, that's all I'm saying. They should have played one one half, one the other half completely or played one the first quarter, one the whole second quarter, one the whole third quarter, one the whole fourth quarter. You know, let the guy get in there. Let the guy have time to settle in and do what he's going to do um, and and see how it shakes out from there. And so you don't bring a quarterback in with eight minutes left in the second quarter, play him for a few snaps, and you've kind of given him equal time. No, you haven't. Take, yeah, nothing, I, away, take nothing away from Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is is playing he, – He you know, he – Jalen Hurts is going to be feast or famine. Jalen Hurts is he's a true freshman. I'm simply saying that Blake Barnett was the number one quarterback recruit in the nation two years ago, the very number one quarterback in the country. Uh, that has to mean something, okay? Um, and this guy, I think, was the number three 
uh, dual threat quarterback in the country, whatever ratings mean. So you got two very good quarterbacks. And um, I just, I think that early in the season, when you were killing USC, which you didn't expect to kill them that bad, and you knew this was going to be Western Kentucky, I would have given them both more run. That's all before the SEC schedule started. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, and on, I'm going to agree with that. If there's truly a, still a quarterback competition, I'm going to I'm going to stake my claim a little differently. I'm going to say that going into this game, there was no quarterback competition. It was sort of lip service and maybe a little bit a little bit of of misdirection. The objective was we're going on the road next week to a hostile game, and we need to get as many reps as we can uh, for Jalen. Um, what do you think about and 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 to me, this is a um, you know these are connected dots. What do you think about the running game? Are we just not able to manufacture a running game? Was it the defense alignment that took us out of the running game? Or were we trying to uh, sort of force feed some experience in the pocket uh, with with the young quarterback? Or, or do you have a third or fourth option? Oh, I think it was all of those plus more. Yeah. Uh, there, there was no running game. I mean, the running game sucked. Um, there was no commitment to the running game. This was Lane Kiffin, let me pitch the ball around. Um, I got to tell you, I, I started counting how many times we threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage um, because I got to tell you, that that's not football I enjoy. Um, and and I understand that that the strength of our team is the skill guys. I totally get that. But I am tired of seeing the end of rounds pitch it behind, you know, I mean, look at what we're doing, man. We're basically not even trying to establish the run. We are essentially just, okay, let me say it this way. We can't get into a rhythm because we're not trying to consistently do it over and over and over again. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, the you do one run play followed by three gimmick plays where you're pitching it to the wide receivers in the flats or they're running behind you and you're you're pitching it to them from the quarterback position. I mean, I'd love to go back and count how many of these rushing uh, carries uh, came from our Darius Stewart and Calvin Ridley. And so, you know, once again, you talk about what we don't see in practice. Well, it makes you wonder what they see from our two running backs in practice because they are way more willing for our Darius Stewart and Calvin Ridley to carry the rock than they are to let these other two guys carry the rock. Yeah, I think that, you know, I I think there's definitely some of that. I think that we're using the short passing game as a running game in, in, in some respects. And we're trying different things to try to soften up the middle because, you know, Western Kentucky did, and, you know, I give them props, right? Because they've got a smart coaching staff and and they're a good team relative to their regular opposition. I think that they said, look, we're going to stack up against the run and, we're going to try to take that away from you, and we're going to let this freshman quarterback. If you guys are going to beat us, it's going to be with the freshman quarterback. And so, and and you know, and we did. But I think what we tried to do is soften up their interior by taking more strikes down the field and tried to spread the field, uh, you know, horizontally with the short passing. And and you know, Western Kentucky never really bit. They never said no. We're not going to we're not going to unstack the box. You're just going to have to continue to do that, and and we did, and we took more strikes down the field. I kidded with the guy, you know, Eric, that we sit with. I said, I mean, this it, at times this feels like 
you know, back in college when, and we'll date ourselves back, you know, when you used to play Technoball and it got so boring when you'd sit there and say, well, I'm going to play this whole game running this one play. And, and you would do that just, you know, almost for grins. It seemed like we would, you know, we had a couple of plays that we wanted to go to and we did it again and again and again and again. I mean, we had three, you know, three receivers with, you know, two over 50, their long was over 51, uh, you know, over 40. I mean, we were, we were going vertical and that's a little bit of message sending. It's a little bit of trying to soften the box and it's a little bit of what the opponent was giving us. So, you know, I don't know. It, parts of it were frustrating. I would love to see us, uh, you know, pound the ball, but you know, at the same time, uh, it's a little bit of taking what we're given. So I don't think it's going to work against the sec. Um, it just wasn't sec football to me. And no. it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's strap them up and bust them in the mouth. And this was the West coast. I'm Lane Kiffin stuff that drives me crazy. And yeah. I think this will get, I think this will get reined in. Um, but there was way too much of this. Let's, let's, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I, I need to go. I should have, you know, for the listeners, I should have gone back and counted how many of, of Jalen Hurts com, attempts were behind the line of scrimmage. You know, it's real easy to complete a pass when you're, when you're literally just throwing it to the sideline. And um, obviously he threw some, some nice passes and there was penalties and drop balls. And I'm not discounting that for the listeners. I'm just saying how many of his pass attempts were thrown behind the line of scrimmage? This is not us, right? That's not our MO as a team. We wear teams out by going down the field and being physical. And you got to let these big uglies be physical. And um, you can't expect them to get in a rhythm if you don't let them get in a rhythm. And right. I think it's going to cost us when we get in the SEC schedule uh, that we haven't done that. No, I agree. I think we've got to challenge challenge the opponent, challenge them up front. Uh, you know, bring in Brandon Green as, a, as, you know, sort of an extra blocker. He's a tight end, but, you know, he's a tackle. Uh, bring, bring him in, bring in the fullback, and we can talk about some of, some of the fullback action that, that we saw. And, and let's run some tall sweeps. If we can't run right up the middle, then let's run some tall sweeps. And I kept, you know, during the game, you know, I, you know two things that I kept saying just over and over, we've got to possess the ball. And so let's, let's put together a long possession here. Let's possess the ball. Let's wear out their defense. And let's run some tall sweeps. I mean, if we want to, you know, if we can't run between the tackles because they're stacking the box, I can understand that. But what another thing we can do besides just passing the ball all over the place is we can run some sweeps. And I would love to see Bo out in space on a tall sweep. You know, get him, you know, help him get to the second level with his size. I, I think there's an opportunity there. And I don't know why we didn't see some of that later in the game. And I think he scored a touchdown on it. We did a toss with uh, B.J. Emmons. And I would like to have seen that incorporated earlier and earlier in the game. I know for all the high flying finagled sort of offensive minds that we have on um, on our staff, I would, I would love to see like the Gene Stallings hotline. You know, how many times did he run a tall sweep? That was Beebs's offense. We should have a hotline where Beebs can just push a button and say, "Hey, it's time for the tall sweep, guys." Um, I, I think there's room for that. I think that would have been successful on Saturday. No, absolutely, and we're also uh, we're also not seeing um, we're not seeing the power running game. Uh, we're not seeing traps. Um, we're not seeing draws. Um, we're just seeing too much of that read react. We're seeing too much of the the read react. You know, sure. the the offense that you see quarterbacks. You know, like that run, and and I'm just not a big fan of that. What'd you think about Alphonse coming in and uh, Pierce Bacher sitting? 
you know, we kind of called that Alphonse would be back. He'd be playing. He'd be in the mix. Uh, we thought he might come in for Cotton, but uh, looks like he came in uh, for Pierschbacher some, uh, you know, late in the first half, some in the second half. Yeah, I was trying to keep an eye on on Cotton uh, whenever uh, Alphonse came in there in the second quarter. I think he came in at the start of the second quarter. And, you know, I don't think Cotton had a great game. Uh, Cotton, you know, I was trying to focus on his play uh, as well as Pierce Bacher when Pierce Bacher had been in there. You know, I still think we're right on that. Uh, I think that um, uh, I don't I don't think Pierce Bacher looked bad at all uh, in the first quarter, quite frankly. Um, I thought he looked fine. Um, and so I, I, I hope we see Alphonse Taylor still at left guard like we like we talked about. Yeah, I think so. I think we need, you know, I, I, we need some weight in there. We need some heft in there. And so Alphonse comes in and, I mean, you know, you need a lineman with a big ass, right? And so, uh, you know, Alphonse, I think, you know, he can help us get the running game going. He's a big guy. He can he can plow, right? And so, you know, get him in there, left or right side. I think that he can make some holes. Put him next to Cam. And I think, you know, like you said last week, I think that's an opportunity to, you know, let's run before the, you know, behind the big boys on the left. So I think we got to stop the unforced penalties. I mean, we had so many errors. I think we had 12 um you know, 12 flags, a lot of them across the offensive front, a lot of them just lackadaisical. The team just, you know, kind of being lethargic. Um, you know, a lot of those types of errors stalled drives, and you think, you know, you get some of those drives rolling. You know, I think there were five, and Saban, it seemed like we went through a spell last season where this was happening, and and Saban kind of elaborating it on a uh, in, in one of his press conferences. And so, so we had five false starts across the offensive line. And, you know, Saban says, you know, when everyone takes a turn getting their false start, you know, you screw up, you know, you know, maybe five possessions and you just can't do that. You can't do that and play winning ball. And there were a number of times, I mean, hell, our Darius caught a pass, took it down to the one. Um, and, and we had to bring it back for, you know, a false start or a hold or whatever it is. And so you just can't have that and play, you know, winning football. We've got to we've got to get our act together. And uh, I think that's going to, you know, all this is sort of interwoven, right? A lot of the penalties were with the line. A lot of the penalties were with the with the young guys lining up. Let's get ourselves, let's get ourselves sort of put together, and we put more points on the board, and we possess the ball longer, and we're able to maintain some of these drives. What else did you see on offense? You know, real quick, I want to I want to touch what you mentioned as far as uh, Brandon Green for a second, and go back to that very briefly because I do think that we need to see more Brandon Green. You know, as you look at, um, we're we're very light at the tight end position, uh, weight wise, uh, mm-hmm. behind OJ. You know, uh, they've got they've got hell in there playing with OJ Howard at six five two fifty six, and OJ Howard is two fifty one. None of these other guys are anywhere close to them. But Brandon Green, as a red shirt, you know, senior at two hundred ninety seven pounds. Remember last year at the beginning of the season, whenever. We were sitting there and we had the two tight ends and they were in there a lot and you know they were moving them around and they were in the passing game and they were throwing balls to Dakota ball and all sure. this kind of stuff. And you know, Brandon Green has shown he can catch the ball. You can send him out in the pattern and he can be a decoy. But I would like to just come in there in a two tight end formation sometimes and have him lined up on one side and have OJ Howard on the other side, bring in somebody uh, defensive lineman to play fullback, I don't care. But just run the ball up the gut some. I mean, 
the, the, this team had no depth, Western Kentucky. I will tell you real quick, while I think they played above themselves, um, they didn't have to run. They didn't have to be, like, tired because the our big uglies weren't pushing on them. You see what I'm saying? We weren't, we weren't like, having to wear them out because we weren't running the ball down their throat. All we yeah. were doing is pitching the ball to the sideline, and they'd stand there and watch the DBs tackle the wide receivers and the play's over. Yeah, and we, so we, we didn't made no we, conscious effort to beat them up. No, not at all. And I just I don't understand that. Um, the other thing that jumped out at me is uh, Damian Harris. Uh, there there needs to be a competition for the blocking running back. Uh, Damian Harris missed uh, protection pickups numerous times um, when Jalen Hurts was in there in the first half, as well as um, um, as as well as uh, Blake Barnett. Uh, there were times where. You know, he just completely like didn't even block the guy. Like the 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 offensive lineman, you know, Bozeman would like, you know, brush off of a guy to let Damon Harris, you know, help on this other guy, and he would just totally miss and let the guy just get right in Jalen's face. And I think there was a couple sacks in the first half because of it. And so we need to see more people audition for pass protection running back because um, if Damian Harris is our best option right now. Uh, we're in trouble when teams start blitzing us. There's going to be lots of sacks. Yeah, and I'm afraid that he is our best option. You know, that's why he's in there. And and we bring him in. We almost telegraph, right? We bring him in in a in a passing situation. So we don't even maintain, you know, one back for the whole series, one back for the whole series. I mean, we kind of rotate. And, you know, he comes in on clear passing downs. And so that tells me, and again, it's that 90% that we don't know, Right. And, you know, from practice, but, you know, there's enough tea leaves on the ground there that clearly he's the one that is the best at it. He's just like the tallest midget, right? I mean, okay, you're still not the best at it, though. You're just the best that we got. Um, so and let me be clear very quickly. Obviously, you know, he's done some good things running the ball, et cetera. I'm just saying right now that brand new player, right? Little experience is being asked to do this. He's doing the best he can, um, but does the coaches not see that maybe we need to try somebody else to see how they do? Right. No, I look for I look forward to to uh, you know BJ got some run. Joshua not so much at the tailback position, but uh, I look forward to seeing them get some more run. Uh, I think they're going to develop quickly, and I think they can both see an opportunity uh, ahead of them to contribute on this team uh, this year and. Um, I see them developing, and if that's where they're spending they're spending time at practice and in the playbook, then uh, then so be it. I got one more base I want to cover on offense, and then you know you can kind of wrap us up. But uh, I was glad to see Calvin Ridley get back involved. I mean, he had nine for one twenty nine, got him a touchdown along of fifty one, but he made a just a beautiful catch down the sideline uh, to to start the game. Uh, looked over his uh, looked over his uh, right shoulder. And uh, and and found the ball. Had to turn around, do do a, a spin move, and caught it over his left shoulder. It was very athletic uh, to take your eyes off the ball, uh, make a move on the defender, make a move to position for the uh, sort of body control for the ball, and then turn back around, refine the ball, and then make a catch. Made all that look very easy. Uh, we spent, I know we spent ten minutes talking about uh, just a slant pattern that Amari Cooper. Uh, made a couple of years ago, just because of the athleticism that he that he demonstrated. I ran, I'm not going to spend ten minutes on this, 
but Calvin Ridley did the exact same thing. And, it, and then, of course, it was a drive that was stalled with, uh, with the penalty. But he did the exact same sort of athletic uh, move that just, that just separates a guy. You say that's why he is a franchise guy and not just a really good guy because he made that move right there. So I give tap of the tip of the cap to uh, uh, Ridley coming back, making uh, having a big day. But that play right there just just said that's why this guy's as good as he is. No, that's true. Um, I have a quick question for you before we flip the field. Um, obviously, one of the reasons the coaching staff seems to be you know handing this opportunity to Jalen. Um, is because of his dual threat capability. Uh, I see he had 11 rushes for 34 yards in total. Um, didn't seem wh- – what is your assessment? Now, granted, he's young. You know, he's only played two games now. Obviously, you know, I think there's lots of potential there. But so early on, you know, what was the stat I saw? I think Alabama has not started a true freshman at quarterback since Vince Sutton in 1984. So obviously, you know, it's been 32 years. It's not something commonly done in Alabama. Um, do you think right now, obviously his arm strength is very obvious. Do you think he possesses the dual threat capability to handle that load? I see here Damian Harris had 11 rushes. Bo only got five touches. Uh, B.J. Emmons only got six touches. So not very many opportunities for any of those guys. Do you think Jalen possesses the – from what you've seen so far, jury can still be out. Do you think he possesses the ability to be a weapon in the dual threat game um, the way, you know, some other very successful quarterbacks have done so far? Or, or, or could, do you think that – do you think he brings that to the table right now yet? Yeah, I think he has the athleticism. Uh, you know, we're not going to see leaps and bounds, you know, sort of shift in his athleticism. I think he possesses that. I think it. I think he's going to have to settle down a little bit. He's going to have to slow down a little bit. The, the offensive line is going to have to get better. Uh, you know, he's not a, a multi-year in this system, you know, Deshaun Watson kind of kind of guy. And, and, and he's probably not a blazer like a Michael Vick and, and that kind of guy. You know, mobile quarterbacks, it's 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 a branding that is is too broad. Um you know, you're going to have some some quarterbacks that, that are running quarterbacks, and they they run to run. And you're going to have some quarterbacks that they run to pass, and they run to evade uh, in in the pocket, but still remain behind the, the line of scrimmage so that they can pass. And and in those quarterbacks in that situation, they can still run too, right? And so I think that when I look at Jalen and what I've seen, and it's an incomplete body of work. It's parts of two games. Um, I think, unless it's a designed run, I don't see him get skittish in the pocket and run at the first sign of, I've got to get out of here. I think he he has some poise and that he does run to, 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 to allow the receiver to get open. And so I think that he runs to pass, and I've seen him do that, and I've seen him run and sort of check down. And we've talked about quarterbacks that we never see check down. I've seen him do some things. You know, if we went back and listened to the last couple of seasons of shows, some of the things that we lamented about quarterbacks, I've already seen Jalen produce. And so he's still a freshman. He's still going to get better and better. But do I think he has the talent? And I'm not sure if this is exactly the question you asked, but do I think he has the talent to be a, a 
not just an effective quarterback, but a potential star. Yes, I think that I think that that's what he can be. Yeah, I just was curious your assessment of of his of his dual threat capabilities so far. Um, I just haven't seen I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, and no, so, that's fair. That's and fair, so, and I think we'll see more and more of it. Right? You know, uh, it's I think the line and the running game is going to have to sort of stand itself up, and and um, you know we'll kind of see how that plays out. I think we're setting up some plays. I mean, you know, I've seen us sort of run some plays and 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 I just sit there and, and think man there's like three options that we could spin off of that play right now if we just you know we ran we started the game with sort of an inside handoff or inside sort of shuttle shuffle pass uh to, to Calvin Ridley and we went back to that play a, a couple of times and the first time we ran it it was very effective now I don't like running that with Calvin Ridley but from a play design standpoint that was very effective and you start to think well, man, you could do a couple things off of that. You could reverse it back to someone else. Jalen could run around with it. Jalen could run out and throw the ball down the field. Uh, you know, there's a couple of different things. You know, he could spin out of it and 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 then you know throw to Ridley, who, you know, everyone has sort of collapsed on him running and and he and and so I just think, man, there's three or four or five things that you could design just off of that one play, and and we've had quarterbacks where you could say, yeah, but they're not that athletic enough to be able to do that. Well. Jalen's athletic enough to be able to do that. And so, you know, some of it is going to evolve over the season. And, you know, I, I, I say it might be fun to watch him develop. I just hope it doesn't cost us a game in the process. But uh, I, I think he's going to be a fun one, a fun one to watch develop. Well, I definitely think that we're going to have to continue watching uh, the the play calling uh, because I just I wasn't a, I, I just wasn't a big fan of, of, of the game that Lane called. Um, I'm also curious to see, uh, you know, this is a conversation for next week. Uh, I'm curious how the the new offensive assistant who was already in the press box, yep. um, you know, right away. I'm, I'm curious what impact that has on what we saw Saturday and, and what we see in the future. Yeah, and that may be tough to sort of parse out what that is, but I but I agree with you, and, and I I want to I want to continue to watch that as well. Let's uh, let's talk mini game ball on offense. What do you got? You know, I am going to um, the the first thing I thought of as I was watching this game is um, I, I had to I, I just wanted to give the game ball to to Dieter, and and you have to say, well, gosh, why he he dropped a touchdown. Well, this guy obviously was very successful when he transferred here, and we talked about how you know senior leadership um, on the offensive side of the ball is very important. Well, you know, once again, he showed a lot of hustle in this game. He showed a great ability, uh, him and Ardarius Stewart, to do some really nice blocks in the flats. Uh, for those lovely, you know, pass behind the line of scrimmage that I can't stand. And the other thing that's, that jumped out at me in this ball game is, is that this guy was consistently getting open by a big margin. So granted, he dropped the touchdown pass. And granted, he made the nice touch, uh, the nice catch on the nice pass by Jalen Hurts at the sideline. But this guy must be a very good route runner because this guy – was consistently open by a lot, and uh, I hope we try to get the ball to him more and more because I think he could be a very nice asset for us for four or five catches a game. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, and I think that we can start to run some of these same plays and just adjust who the first read is. 
you know, here's your first read, here's your hot, right? Again, we're talking about a freshman, right? And so I know that he's checking down, but here's your primary, here's your hot. Don't worry about anyone else, right? Well, okay, let's get a couple more games in and we can say, here's your primary, here's your secondary, and here's your hot. And then we're going to run that same play again, but we're going to reverse the primary and secondary. And, 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 you know, those sound simple and, and they may be right, but it's, it's just the, how do you ease a freshman quarterback in, into that? You know, we've got, you know, you, you run three and four receivers in a route, you know, they're all options, but you can't expect a freshman to go out and check through one, two, three, four hot, you know, you've got to kind of boil it down a little bit. And so if he's running a one, if he's running a primary and a hot and that's all, then there are people that are going to be open that, uh, that he's going to miss because frankly, he's not looking at him and that's not a knock. That's just an educational cycle. Well, that's so the disadvantage. I think, I think we're going to see development there. That's the disadvantage of him and Barnett being so young. Yes. With yes. the experience and depth that we have which is probably more than we've ever had at that position. Yeah, and and it, but but I still see good things from Jalen. There was a there was a play, and I think it was Calvin uh, Calvin Ridley was was running a slant, and uh, and and Jalen had to had to sort of contort and throw the ball early, and and he threw the ball uh, to Calvin and threw it a little bit behind him because you know, just the, the dynamics of the situation and, and he was throwing kind of off platform and he was throwing early because he was, he was getting, he was getting pressure. And, you know, someone made the comment, how did he even know where Calvin was going to be right there? And I thought, well, of course he knew where he was going to be. He knows the route that the receiver's running. And so I, I just see little things like that from, from Jalen that we've not seen from other quarterbacks. There, that doesn't mean there's not opportunity for improve. I just think, man, his starting point is so much higher than what we've seen from other guys. I mean, let's remember, man, back when, you know, when we throttled Auburn 36 to nothing and we saw this young quarterback come in off the bench and, and, uh, and throw just an incredible on-target pass down the field, you know, connected for, you know, the final touchdown or whatever it is, and we're like, man, this offense is going to go nuts under Greg McElroy. And uh, and and you think, you know, relative to what we had at the time, yes, he showed some down-the-field ability that that was, was unique. And I think from just – and I'm not saying he's going to win a national title. I'm not going to say – I'm not saying anything other than from an athletic ability and just capability that I've seen on the field. It's got to be strung together into, into a game plan, all of that. But from just a raw, let's go out and see what you can do. Dude has all the bells and whistles. Well, we we definitely will will continue to see how he develops, and um, and definitely there will be some some growing pains, yeah, uh, along the way. Who who is your mini game ball? Man, I'm surprised I was able to sneak him through, but I'm going Mac Wilson on uh, on my game ball and i'm doing it this man in the true just spirit of a mini game ball um mac wilson linebacker right freshman linebacker he came in and played fullback on um bo scarborough's touchdown and he just flat blistered his man and uh man when you started talking about auditions for a blocking running back i thought man you're gonna steal my guy but uh no mac wilson on that play right now and so I'll say this, 
we showed three and we had two guys and they were both true freshmen that played offense, defense, and special teams in this game. Man, I cannot remember for the life of me, you know, other than like an Ashawn or Jaron playing, you know, a goal line fullback, I guess. When when have we seen someone play, you know, two ways like that? And so um, I, it was impressive to see Mac Wilson. We're going to see more of him at the fullback position. All right. So while that was exciting and I didn't want to let you, I, I didn't, I, I knew you'd want that one. So I wanted to, to let you have that one and it'd be nice. Um, you know where I'm going to go with this. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing that we need a true freshman to come in um, on the goal line and be a lead blocker on a team where Saban has been the coach for nine years and the cupboards are very full? You mean to tell me there's nobody else on the roster that can come in and do that? Don't get me wrong. Glad he did it. Great, glad the guy's a headhunter. Love it. But well, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more like shocked that we even had to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, no one asked that question, and it's not an unfair question, but no one asked that question when Ashawn was doing it, and when Jaron Reed was doing it, and when Terrence Cody was doing it. You know, it wasn't that it wasn't a question then, and so you could argue that there's a little bit of mo here that says you know defensive linemen and, and linebackers are big athletic guys. And and they can do this. Um, no, 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 no. Terrence Cody is a little different than Mac Wilson. For Mac Wilson to do it right, I, I get the Ashawn Robinson. I get Terrence Cody. They're gigantic guys. I get that. But but you know Wilson's a two hundred and fifty pound linebacker, and surely we have somebody else on the offensive side of the ball who you could have brought. I guess what I'm saying is, do we have a bunch of guys who are just runners, right? Do we just have a handful of guys who are runners that can't be a blocker? Well, none of those, none of those guys can be a blocker. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, I think we covered that topic. Uh, I, okay. I would tell you this, man. I, look, I'm going to tell you this. I wish we had another Jocelyn Fowler. I wish we had a Jocelyn Fowler clone on this team. I, I you know, let me, that was that was my point, man. That's just that for for you to say we had three guys in this game play offense, defense, and special teams. Most people would be like, "Wow, that is awesome." I think no, that means we don't have the depth where we need to have the depth. That's just hey, how I spin it. So, so let me put you in the way back in in the way back machine. Was Saban the coach? And you, man, you're going to know this just a second. It, was Saban the head coach at Miss at, at Michigan State when T.J. Duckett was the number one linebacker recruit in the country and came in and started playing tailback at Michigan State? Was he the coach that did that? Yes. Okay. Well, we may see more of Mac on the offense. I'll just put that I'll just put that out there. I'm just simply saying that means Mac Wilson has shown something, right, in practice that we don't sure. see. And we got some really good running backs who are coming in, freshmen, et cetera. And maybe they just haven't been asked to do these things before. They're just they're just the running back right. and they're not the blocking back. That's all I'm saying. In high school you can get away with that, right? Yeah. So tell me, uh, flip the field for defense, man. What's uh, what's the first thing that jumped out at you or, or something that you wanted to talk about? You know, it's it's like I don't know that I have a full course meal on defense. I've just got like I just got some what do you call a mincing? I've just got some some, you know, some hand sandwiches. Right. I mean, 
you know, I thought Averett uh, acquitted himself very well. I thought they went after him a couple times, but he seemed even more comfortable this week than last week. That's what you want to see. Uh, Eddie Jackson's a leader. He's emerging as a leader on defense. He was lining people up a couple times on his pick six. Uh, I mean, and I and it, horrible I just, pass. Horrible. It was a horrible pass. It was right to him. But I just coincidentally, I just was watching him sort of line up, and he and he motioned someone else, and he came up. And then, you know, he was going to be a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. He saw something. He backed out into, like, a, a two-deep safety. And uh, and and he was doing so all, all this sort of chess maneuvering and then the snap of the ball, and the guy threw it right to him. Like, it was pitch and catch in the backyard. Like, he, no one else is on the field. Just he and Eddie are going to have a toss. And, uh, and, then, and of course, Eddie said, well, thank you much. Um, but uh, just the leadership that he demonstrated there um, – and if we want to park on anything, I'm going to tell you about depth on on defense. Uh, for all the six, I mean, defense played well. They were lights out. They were aggressive. Uh, they held their own. Uh, dominating defensive performance. You know, we can talk about all of that. But I'm I'm still going to be the guy that's going to be a little suspect on the depth. I saw Duran uh, at one point um, sort of go down awkwardly and then walk off the. And it was a third down. Maybe it was even a fourth down. I think it was third. They were going to punt. And so the whole unit was going off off the field. And so it didn't stand out that he was going off the field. And he was going a little gingerly. And when he got to the sideline, he really pulled out a much, you know, a much more elaborate limp uh, when he got to the sideline. And and then and then he sort of vanished. And and I think they stretched him out or something. I it was hard to tell sort of across the field and kind of behind how they do things. And he came back in, but he just his motor didn't didn't run full speed when he came back. And I just thought, man, this is what we talked about on a show. I don't want to be right about this, but we don't have another plugger, and uh, we need another plugger. Um, well, we—it's exactly what we talked about, man. There's no, there's no depth at defensive tackle, and there's no depth at the interior linebacker position. And um, you know, we we nailed it before. I mean, Eddie Jackson and Ronnie Harrison in this game, um, their athleticism. And their ability to put their head in there, um, and you know, get their head in there, they're coming up from 10, 12 yards back, mm-hmm. and they're filling some holes, they're filling some gaps <laughs> that are open. Um, you know, Western Kentucky was was putting a hat on a hat. There were several times, several times when I saw Western Kentucky line up with six guys, you know, five linemen and a tight end. We had our four guys with their hands in the dirt, and we had Sean Deon Hamilton, um, and um, uh, we had Sean Deon Hamilton and Reuben Foster in the interior. And so it was six on six, and they put a hat on a hat, and they ran for five or six yards, and they ran right up the middle. Yep. And I'm not saying anything bad about our guys, but it's exactly what we said a week ago. And it's because the interior guys – uh, we don't have the depth, and so we were shuffling. Uh, we were shuffling these other guys down, and when you put Jonathan Allen down there, and you put Hand down there, and you put some of these other guys down there, who really would prefer to be on the edge, um, you know, it's they're they're still giving up some some some. You know, there's there's still a weight disadvantage there, right? Sure. The other the other guys still have 30, 40 pounds on them. Yeah, and that's. You know, and that's that's look, and you know, pat ourselves on the back or what? I don't know, but that's that's 
discussion that you're not going to get anywhere because the defense has, has been lights out. It has been dominating. Oh, everybody's going to say they've been doing awesome. Yes. Oh, and, and in some respects they have. I, they I have. Know. No, they have. Yeah, and so, you know, it, you know, but both can be true, right? You know, and and so and people can can list a bunch of names and say, no, look at all this depth because Tim Williams and Ryan Anderson and and Deshaun Hand and, you know, you can list a lot of names. Well, on one hand, we have the ability to play a range of defenses. We can play nickel. We can play dime. We have sort of specialists that we can kind of bring it out in and out. And so that allows us to have a list of names. You know, Saban has, you know, 15, 16, 17 starter, you know, sort of positions. And so we've got a quality name in each of those positions, which allows us to kind of manufacture some depth. But who's our who's our number two nose guard? I mean, there's not one. And 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 if we did, and this is what we talked about, you know, and in the person of Josh Frazier, and we're not picking on him, it's just he's a representative name of we need someone that can step in and and play that. You know, I'm not worried about defensive end because, you know, because of Tomlinson and because of, of Allen and because of Deshaun Hand and because of Tim Williams and because of uh, Ryan Anderson. We can take some of those outside linebackers and, and put them in. So you could say, you know what, I'm okay with defensive end, but we don't have the pluggers inside. And what if we need to, you know, on a third and one type situation, bring in sort of two guys in the middle? We don't have that. Yeah, you but know. what if what if what if we get into an Arkansas game, um, you know, first and goal on the one, and we need our big and ugly, you know, jumbo package in there for four times they're going to run the ball from the one yard line. How do you how do you man how do you populate that? <laughs> well, no, you currently populate it with your defensive ends. I mean, when you even look at the roster, when you even look at the depth chart for this game, and how they've put it out uh, through the through the uh, university. You know, they got Deron Payne listed at nose guard. They got uh, Dalvin Tomlinson and Jonathan Allen as defensive ends. And then they have, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Anderson listed at the Sam. They basically have us listed as a 3-3-5 is basically what they have. You know, three cornerbacks, you know, free safety, strong safety, 3-3-5 basically. So to your point, the way they have us listed – um, Ryan Anderson and Tim Williams are really playing the Sam, right? As far as how they how they put it out here, and you know, Deron Payne is the only one playing the nose guard um, until uh, until we see uh, until we see substitutions, you know, late in the first half, and that's Dakota Ball. And yeah. so, to your point, there's only two guys showing his nose guard on this on this roster right now, as far as far as as far as playing in the game. Yeah, you know, look, longtime listeners will get this. When Duran was limping on the on the sideline, I had I I I had uh, uh, Byron Motley flashbacks. Oh my gosh! Well, and and no offense to Dakota Ball as 260 pounds, but it's just what we talked about before, right? And um, I will say, um, I found it interesting that you know how in the first game against USC that we didn't do our typical <clears throat> excuse me we didn't do our typical you know have 15 guys on the field mm-hmm. until they until they see what we're doing and until we see what they're doing and then we bring four guys off well, we actually did this in this game and so this was the first time that we did it this season and I was curious to see who the the names were and the guys who kept coming off the field consistently was Tim Williams 
uh, Hootie Jones. Um, we would see um, Alfred Jennings. And then who was the other guy? There was one other guy that we saw come off the field. Um, I believe it was um, – oh, it was Rashawn Evans. Yeah. And so I found it interesting. Those were the four guys – that were that have worked their way into the next guys up in the rotation. So no defensive, no no big uglies to our point a minute ago. And so our four backup guys is two linebackers, excuse me, three linebackers and a safety. I thought that was very telling because obviously Hootie would stay in if we're going to do the dime, right? right? But I found it I found it interesting in our next four guys up that's going to play meaningful snaps for us. It's three linebackers and a safety. Yeah. Hey, I tell you that Jennings kid, man, he, he's going to be a player. He looks good in his uniform. I mean, he looks he looks like a player. Um, he's going to get an increased role as the season goes on. I just he's a guy that I tell you, you know, and we've done this before with players, right? Hey, he's a guy to keep an eye on. I just tell you, keep an eye on the Jennings kid. Well, he's a guy. He's a guy that possesses some good size, right? He's got some good measurables. I mean, he is six three two sixty eight. He's got Courtney Upshaw type of size when Courtney Upshaw was, you know, was that sure. type of a linebacker. And um, but once again, he's listed at the jack position behind Tim Williams. And, you know, my que my question to you is when do you recall seeing Josh Frazier? And we're not picking on Josh Frazier, as you said, it's just because he's listed second on the depth chart. When do you recall him coming in? Because I saw Dakota Ball come in very late in the second quarter finally. But when did you see Josh Frazier, you know, get some get some meaningful snaps? Yeah, Dakota is part of the rotation, and he's more of a, you know, what I would say a rabbit rusher kind of guy. And so we are going to see him earlier, but he's not what we're talking about, right? And uh, and and so I'm not surprised that we see him earlier. A true sort of stand-in for Duran, and I didn't look for this every single snap, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't see – sort of a true plugger replacement until in the fourth, uh, it, you know, sort of midway through late in the fourth. And, and I, th I think, you know, Raekwon came in uh, a little bit. OJ Smith came in. I think Frazier did come in. Um, but uh, that was all much later. It wasn't as, and that, and that's where, you know, not to go back to offense necessarily, but that's where the sloppy play, that's where I feel like Saban, I get you, man. I, I I'm with you. You know, what if we hadn't dropped a couple of those passes? What if we didn't have a couple of those, uh, you know, those penalties? You know, that's 14, 21 points on the board. And we start to rotate guys late in the third quarter instead of late in the fourth quarter. That's a big difference, man. That's a big no, difference. It, no, it is a big difference. And I, and I think just to put a bow on this, as you like to say, for Deron Payne being a true sophomore, um, we're putting a lot on his shoulders. Right, he's oh, yeah. not Sean Robinson. He's not Jaron Reed with the experience that they had, and um, they need to find somebody quick um, because um, that's putting a lot of weight on his shoulders. And I think that's a huge hole right now that nobody else is talking about but us. No, and I'll tell you this: I'll, 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 I'll take it a little bit further. I remember last year when when the discussion was, man, isn't it so impressive that he's getting time in this lineup? And truly, it was impressive. But there was a there must have been a little bit of you know sort of inkling of, well, if he doesn't get experience now, <laughs> we're going to be in trouble because 
ain't nobody else <laughs> for next season. No, I'm just glad. I'm just glad we're not playing more teams in the SEC like LSU that well that standard offensive that, set. Well, and that's that's where you and I see it as a limitation because we know that those people are you know those people are out there, right? We're not going to wake up one day and say, "Oh my gosh, what are we going to do?" Well, no, I'm already saying, "Oh my gosh, what are we going to do?" And so, you know, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for it. I'm just, you know, I think about it and, and I think, man, I, you know what? I'm glad he did get some experience last year or this would even be a bigger question and concern, you know, today. So. No, absolutely. Anything else on defense before we do mini game balls? Nah, give me your mini game ball. Okay. So this is in the true non-spirit of the mini game ball. Um, I'm giving it to Ryan Anderson. Um, I'm putting in a plug that we need to have the the Ryan Anderson segment from this point forward, so we can say that we got on this bandwagon quicker than than any of these other people doing this kind of stuff. It, it took me a season and a half to get a Raglan report. Well, and, and the first time you just mentioned, oh, we need to have a Ryan Anderson report. Okay. Here's what I'll, here's what I'll tell you, man. I think that he is truly showing his versatility. I think he is the most valuable player on this defense um, currently. Um, John, him and Jonathan Allen are carrying the weight. Um, you know, there was a, there was a situation where because he's listed as the Sam linebacker that he had to line up beside Sean Deon Hamilton and Reuben Foster, uh, five yards off the ball. And he had to cover uh, a tight end in the flats. And, and he did, yeah. I mean, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm really impressed at how they're moving him around from the right side to the left side and how he's putting his hand in his dirt, and then he's basically, you know, standing up as well. Um, I think we're going to look back at the end of the season, and we're going to be like, man. I mean, everybody's on Tim Williams, and Tim Williams yeah. did really, really well in the opportunities that he had. But right now, Ryan Anderson has the full package. Tim Williams can grow to have that full package. But, you know, Scouts, you need to pay attention to 22 right now because 22 and 93 are are the reason – those are the horses we're going to ride right now on this team. Yeah, I think you got to love some Ryan Anderson. I think he's one of the most important players on this defense, and it's not just for his performance on the field, uh, which itself is outstanding. You know, Ryan Anderson's a guy that has been in the program a while and for all sort of the freshmen, you know, sort of emerging, you know, Ryan Anderson's a guy that, you know, what didn't was it Chris Black that he broke, you know, Chris Black's shoulder, and that's why, you know, Chris Black didn't sort of come on as a freshman. He Chris Black, you know, being recruited more highly than than uh, Amari Cooper, and it's funny how sort of these, you know, backstories all kind of inter interwine. And so, you know, Ryan Anderson broke Chris Black's shoulder, so he couldn't play, and Amari Cooper came out and did, you know, what he did. Uh, and then, and then, and then Ryan Anderson redshirted and, and, and we thought, how do, you know, how is this guy, you know, he breaks offensive players. How is it that he redshirts? We want him out there. And, and it took him a while, right. To really kind of get a role. And, and all of a sudden, you know, he might be one of the best linebackers on the team and that's taken nothing away from Rashawn and, um, um, Boy, I just had a mind blank. But Reuben no, Foster, yeah, between Reuben Foster and and Tim Williams, they're obviously showing their leadership. But right, but but Ryan Anderson, it's just his versatility, which is what's standing out for me. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And 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 look, he's he's 
he's one of those guys that is going to be a little bit underrated, especially by fans. The NFL is going to they're going to pick up on that. And when he's when he's drafted, when he's drafted, you know, I, you know, fans will say, "God, I can't believe he was drafted ahead of, you know, name another player." And uh, and I and I'm not picking on anybody because they're all you know, you know, they're all out there performing very well. But I think he does. When you say full package, I think that's that's very representative of of uh, sort of who he is and and his just demeanor. And you know, when you see him in interviews, it's like, man, this dude is plugged in. Um, and so I, 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 yeah. You can just tell he's grown up in the system. Yes. Yes. Give yes. me your, uh, give me your mini game ball, man. I am doing a true spirit of the mini game ball again. Uh-huh. I got to offset your attempt to sort of break the program here. And, and it's, this is the kind of thing I've done before. Uh, and, 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 you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there again. Just tell us, man. Don't, 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 don't break yourself, patting yourself on the back, man. Just tell us. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going shy Carter. And, uh, and, and what really impressed me, uh, we, we had a play where Minka was in on a tackle and and Minka lost. And it's the same thing. And I've done this before with offensive linemen where, uh, sort of Minka sort of blew a shoe and he had to go out. And we've seen situations like that where we had to, you know, especially an offensive lineman, we've had to call a timeout and let's burn a timeout so Joe Bob can put his shoe back on because no one else is, you know, capable of playing or ready to go in or where's my helmet? I didn't da da da. And, you know, and you think about a nickelback, uh, you know, position, well, we, we just, you know, let's just shift our defense to accommodate rather than bring in a true freshman at, at this critical position. And no, I mean, Shy was Johnny on the spot as soon as he, you know, he was in ready to play. And um, I mean, you know, I guess, he, you know, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, he, he seemed comfortable out there and he seemed like he lined up right and he didn't give up a big play. And then Minka came back in and, and it's I mean, that is truly just a very small thing. But you could bring someone in that just doesn't know their ass from a hole in the ground, and that's when you give up a touchdown. And oh, doesn't that make you think of the Ohio State game, right? And so, it's it's just those little things like that sometimes that can make a difference. And so, you know, hats off to the freshman who who was ready and able, and you know, and he did it. No, absolutely, man. Well, give me some special teams discussion, man. What did you what did you see there? You know, you know. Look, here's what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to spend as much time on this as I have in the past. But here's the stat line that just jumps out to me. So we returned three kicks. Uh, so we had three kickoff returns. Okay. For a net sixty-three yards. Okay. And so that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. Man, we ret- we gained sixty-three yards. On three kick returns. That's oh, and by the way. By the way, the longest was twenty-four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Thank you. You know where I'm going. <laughs> and so when I read that stat, you know, yeah, when I read this stat, three kick returns for sixty-three yards, I don't say, "Man, that's impressive." Uh, Trayvon Diggs gained sixty-three yards. I'll look at it and say, Alabama lost. 12 yards on return because again, they'll give you the ball for free on the 25. And so if your average is less than in this case, 
less than 75 yards, you've lost yards. And so, you know, we gained 63 yards. Great. They would have given us for free 75 yards. So, But that's what happens when you have a – and not picking on him, that's what happens when you have a true freshman in there. So once again – I'm convinced that – that that I, I mean, yes, I wanted – you know, that sounds like the default answer. But, I mean, hell, Trent Richardson did this. You know, we'd watch games and Trent Richardson would have – you know, a thousand all-purpose yards in a game. Well, how did he do that? Because he got no, no, no. You're right. No, no. You're 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 right. There, there's coaching involved there as well. And this is something you've been on for a while. And as they have made changes to the rules and moved the yard line, etc. Right, the starting line, etc. Um, this is one of those things when you used to say, well, why don't we just get guys on the quad and you know have a, a open competition for punter. Right. Yeah. Remember the day when the punters yeah. sucked so bad, you were like, well, can't we just like have anybody that wants to show up, show up and punt and see how they sure. do? So it does make you wonder, I mean, how hard is this to simply say if the ball is kicked here, you're not going to, to do something with the ball? Right. If you catch it in the end zone, then stand there with it. You know, I, I mean – well, to your point, right? This guy, this guy obviously possesses a lot of uh, uh, skill set, um, and has shown and demonstrated to the coaches, you know, why he's out there. And so it makes me wonder, you know, for future discussions and future watch this, are they just saying if you think you can do something with it, if you think you can see a hole, take it, and if they're giving him that latitude. It sounds to me like they must be giving him the ability to make that decision. Clearly. I, I would never dispute that. I'm not going to stand here and say that they're defying direction. And I'm not going to stand here and oh, say Oh, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You misunderstood what I was saying. I'm saying why are they giving them that ability? <laughs> why are they not just telling them to take a knee? I don't know. I don't know. And I think if I ever have an opportunity to talk with one of the coaches, that may be like my number one question. Uh, you know, and, and, and look, I, you know, we lost the Ole Miss game last year because of that, you know, was it twice that we ran it out and turned it over yeah, uh, and gave them a, a short field that's on top of the five, you know, interceptions. And so, you know, it's like, guys, they'll give it to you for free on the 25 and we get to possess the ball, but <laughs> you know, we get more yards in possession of the ball. As What's so surprising about that is how much Saban cares about protecting the ball. Yeah, that, right? I, mean, I mean that's like a big thing for him. You know, I'm look. I'm gonna. You know, you and I talked about we. You know, when we were in Dallas and and we, you know, we were luxuriating and watching some football and we were watching Houston really put a number on Ole Miss and or on uh, Oklahoma and we kept saying, man, that was a smart play. That was a smart play. What they did right there, that smart football. And and we said that five or six times. And then we said, you know, it's those smart plays that you make that over the course of the game they just add up. And over the course of the season, just by making a smart football decision, and this is true of life, right? You make small life decisions that are that are the right decisions, and they just add up. And over time, you find, man, I've had a really lucky sort of uh, run of events. No, you just made a lot of small right decisions, and uh, and that's kind of part of what Houston did. And I just wonder why is this not one of those? Why is this not the right decision? And I get, look, you can return it back for you know. Kenyon Drake in the national title game. Well, there's always exceptions to a rule, but maybe the rule is, look, 
let's just let's just play this one right. Let's just play this one straight, and uh, and and we'll take it on the twenty-five. There's no sort of desperation moment here. There might be opportunities where, hey, we've seen something on film. We're going to do this, or we think that we need a spark. So let's give it a shot. I'm okay with there being exceptions to the rules, but you know. Neelan seems to be our exception to the rule. And and if you net it out, that just doesn't net out as the right smart decision. No, I'm with you. Well, tell me, why do you, why do you think we saw, uh, why, why do you think we saw the uh, red shirt junior um, take the uh, last kickoff of the game? Why, why do you think we, we brought him in to, to do a kickoff? Well, I'm going to tell you, I, did, I probably didn't, I probably didn't notice that. Um, I think that, um, you know, and it all that I would have is speculation. I don't think there's anything wrong with Adam. I just think there was an opportunity to get him out there and let him, you know, let him have let, let him have a chance to to kick. I don't I don't think there's anything sort of material to it. And you know, I'll be honest with you, out of a lot of things that maybe I did notice, I did not notice that. Oh, I was just wondering. Um, obviously, you know, he's the transfer from Ole Miss, and um, you know, he got to play in a couple games last year. And so I could see you doing that in the Ole Miss game kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam had just made the uh, PAT after that last score, and it just seemed kind of odd to me that you know that that they brought him in the game. Um, what did you What did you think about Adam's miss? Uh, tell me Tell me your thoughts. Obviously, it didn't cost us anything, but what did you think on that that missed forty eight yarder by him in the in the first quarter? Yeah, I mean, I would have liked for him to have made that 48 yards is a long kick, but that should be a makeable uh, kick. It's, it was way off as I guess the reason I'm pointing this, the reason I'm asking about this is it was a, it was a big hook. It wasn't just a little hook. It was a big hook. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't know, man, I just, it's frustrating because, you know, he's got the leg, he's got a lot of talent and, and he just, he just has these spells where he just, he just misses, and it just continues to, you know, and as much as we like the guy, and, as, and I do, right, um, it just, I will never not be nervous. You'll always be on the edge of your seat, right? Yeah. And, and so, so, I mean, I mean, he had he had six kickoffs. He had four touchbacks. His his average on kickoffs are 64 yards now. He's con- he's consistently stretched that out further and further as his, as his career has progressed. Yes. But – you know, I just wish we had a guy that would line. You know, when we lined him up there, even forty-five to fifty yards, we were like, "This guy's kind of automatic." You know, yeah, he's going to make eight. He's going to make eight out of ten. Yeah, I want the automatic guy, right? That's you know, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of. It, it seems like I'm nitpicking. I'm not trying to nitpick, but I just thought that you know that was that was interesting that um, it didn't cost us. It kind of got glazed over, but you know, as the season progresses. You know, those kind of things can come by. I mean, I thought it was interesting that Saban said, and we probably should have led with this, but I thought it was interesting that Saban said uh, something to the effect of that this was the worst. What do you say? This was the worst. This is the worst he's ever felt after a victory. Yeah, this is the most disappointed that he's that he thinks he's ever felt after after a win. I mean, wow, that is a wow. Um, you know, we have been disappointed after wins. Um, I mean, you know, we've played teams like this and we, you know, kick a field goal 
in the closing seconds to win 13 to seven or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we've sat through games like this that have been nail biters. And so, you know, we can kind of pick this apart and say, Oh, all this frustrating stuff. It was a 28 point win. Right. I mean, you know, we've had, we've seen games like this under different regimes where, I mean, let's paint the town red because we beat, you know, uh, you know, what are they in the Mac or what? I don't know what conference they're in, but, you know, because we built a not, you know, we beat the non-party uh, power five by 28 points. Right. And, and so I, part of so much of this is just mindset. Um, and Saban is such a master of that. And, and I've kind of enjoyed more and more just kind of thinking about that, you know, look at USC last week, they just crumbled. Right. And, and so for all of their sort of bluster, they didn't have the mindset when it got tough, and and it, and it has even gotten tougher with them. And some of the things that have happened, you know, over the last week, and and some of the way that they've sort of comported themselves. And so it's it's like, like you know, back in in two thousand eight when when we broke Clemson, right? Well, it just feels like we broke USC, and uh, and and that's a, that is a function of mindset. And Saban's a master on that. And, you know, I, that's that's a, probably a whole other conversation. I'll say this about uh, about the punting game. I was very impressed with with J.K. He had uh, five punts at average, just over over forty six. And so you think five punts, three of them were inside the twenty, two of them were at least fifty yards. So he had no duds. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he 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 is your automatic that you want to see on the kicker yeah. uh, from a punting perspective. Um, tell me, flip the page for, for our next opponent. Uh, I think I checked. It's not a, it's not a non sec game. Um, we, we talked last week about, you know, D day is going to come in a hurry and it's going to be here in five days. And so, you know, what, what's your, what's your thoughts about the next opponent? Yeah, I think, you know, Colonel Reb is, is, uh, mustering the troops and, um, you know, we'll be heading to, uh, heading to Oxford. I think that I think that Saban is still I mean, the team is going to prepare like like crazy. The focus, the amount of attention and focus, and Saban's going to come out and he's going to be a live wire, you know, and, until about midweek. And uh, I think that's going to continue. I think he's sending messages not only to the team but to the coaching staff. I think this team is going to come out. Saban is is he doesn't like to lose at all, and the fact that he's lost to this team two years in a row, uh, the prospect of losing to them three years in a row probably makes him want to pull his hair out, and uh, he is going to share um, to to the to the extent that he is uncomfortable with this moment. He's going to make sure that everyone else is uncomfortable with it as well. I think this team is going to be prepared. Uh, there's enough leadership. There's enough people on this team that have lost to Ole Miss twice. They want to rinse that taste out of their mouth. Uh, I think this go this tied team uh, travels to Oxford, Oxford very, very determined, and uh, I think we see a continued evolution uh, evolution of Jalen and this offense. I think we do start to see some running game. Um, Tom, I'm predicting a. Uh, I saw the line come out about eight, eight and a half. Um, I would load up on that. Uh, I, I see. Uh, I see something in the neighborhood of uh, thirty-one seventeen tied. Really? Okay. Um, I am not quite as optimistic. Um, I think. Uh, 
I, I think it does help Jalen that that he got to play in Dallas. Uh, I did. I do think it helps that you know if he's going to be the guy that he got to play in a in a uh, away game situation, even though it was a neutral site. Sure. Um, but I think that this is a tough place to play. And um, you know, four years ago we won thirty three to fourteen. It really wasn't in doubt. Um, but this is a this is a team right now with with their with their weapons they have on offense. I mean, when they lost to Florida State, they had the ball for seventeen minutes. They still put four hundred and seventy yards on the board of total offense in seventeen minutes. And so I, I'm concerned that this depth of defense is gonna is gonna show its ugly head. Um, and I think that that we will be able with our with our veteran leadership on this team for everything you just said, pull out a victory. Um, but I think it's going to be very much in doubt late. Um, I, I think this is going to be uh, – I think our defense, obviously, I think will be better prepared for for this quarterback because now they've seen him, you know, numerous times. Um, but I think this is going to be – man, I, I think this is going to be like a uh, 17-16 game Alabama. Wow. I, I think this is going to be a nail-biter, and I think that, that we're going to have to hold on uh, to win this game. And um, I think this game's going to be in doubt late. Wow. Normally, I'm the I'm the more pessimistic one. Um, I, I normally I think I'll, I'm going to take my score and then I'm going to add ten to it for Tommy's score. Uh, but but you're going the other way. So um, so that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, is I mean it's going to be a, I mean you know SEC competition you know all of that but just man. There's some mustard on this one, man. I just, I just think this Alabama team, I mean, they're going to hear about it all this week about, you know, Coach being pissed off and, and this game and, man, could it be three in a row? And just – I just think – I just think they're going to say, look, enough is enough. And uh, and I just think they're going to go out there and they're going to play – they're going to play a really good game. I You know, at, when I was preparing, I was thinking through, what do I really think about this? And I started to think – about all that. And the first thing I did after that was look and say, okay, good. We have Kent state next week. <laughs> well, this is, this is a team that, that traveled to Orlando to play Florida state and lost 45 to 34, but had four turnovers. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were, they were dominating a good Florida state team and they were, they were handing it to them. And so um, th- this could easily shape up. Um, we, we could, you know, we 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 could we could look back and 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 feel like that this is um that this is definitely the the toughest opponent that that we have faced so far, um for sure. Yeah, so. and, and you think about it like you know, you know this this is you know, this is not your daddy's you know sort of Ole Miss team, and and you never would have thought that you know like Ole Miss is going to be the toughest team that we've played, and and we've played USC right, and so. You know, it's like, man, these things, what kind of bizarro thing is happening? And, you know, and I don't know, but I think that, um, you know, look, Ole Miss lost a lot of talent from last year and they are not, you know, and you can say, well, Alabama has too, but, you know, we've got a deeper well to, to pull from and, and we've already sort of demonstrated, you know, some some of that. Um, and in some ways, we're, we're even more explosive on offense, or we have the propensity to be more explosive on offense this year than, than we were last year. Um, and that's saying something because we're a Heisman Trophy winning running back, right? Um, I just I just think this team is going to come out, and, and, and this, this one's personal. This one's going to be personal. And, um, and uh, I, you know, 
Saban doesn't think this way. He doesn't look at it this way. But if 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 he were to if he, if he were to think about it sort of the way I think about it sometimes, his he he wants to break Ole Miss. That's what he wants to do. Now I'm with you, but here's here's what I'll say. And as long as Saban has been there, okay, for this game on the road, this has been the earliest we have ever played them this early in the season. I guess I guess my biggest um, question mark with this is I mean there there's been seasons that we've played them as late as October 10th as as sure. I sit here and, and scroll through this to see and and I guess my point is right now where this team is offensively with their identity and who they're giving the ball to as a true freshman who who needs to learn on the job and you know the 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 lack of the running game everything we've just talked about today of all the teams on the schedule right now I wish this team was mid October I guess that's what I'm saying <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I like theoretically, I hear what you're saying, but then you'd start stacking up, you know, Arkansas and Tennessee, and Texas A&M and LSU and Ole Miss, all kind of strung together. So I don't mind having a little bit of separation. I, I, you know, I'm glad that it was Western Kentucky this week, and then Ole Miss, and then Kent State after that. I'm glad that we have, you know, sort of a, a soft landing spot after this emotional game, kind of like we had a soft landing spot this Saturday after the emotional game in Dallas. So, you know, it's, you know, gosh, hard games. Can we play them later? You know, I get that. Oh, absolutely. I, get that. I, I, I hope your prediction is more right than mine is for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I think, I think, I, I think we're going to see that. And then let's already go ahead and predict that, you know, Kent state, we're going to look a little bit lackluster. Uh, we'll get our, we'll get our act together a little bit. And then Saban will be just, Man, he will be super hot. Um, if we, I don't know what number, but you know, he gets mad when we score 50. He won't like it if we score 40 on Kent State because that's his alma mater, man. No, absolutely, absolutely, man. Well, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to it. I wish it was in Tuscaloosa, I wish it was not in Oxford. Yep. Um, but um, it will definitely be a good test for the team. No, I agree. Uh, absolutely, one hundred percent agree. Hey, I just want to say, uh, and I know Tommy, you agree with this. I just want to say, uh, not thank you, but we appreciate you uh, for listening to the podcast, and uh, we certainly hope you enjoy it. Drop us an email, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on uh, Bama Hammer, and uh, in the meantime, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide! Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, coach? Of course, roll tie.